All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. There are certain things that just become so viral and so memed that they feel like obligatory radio. And I yep. hate that. Yep. because, And it's really, it's lazy to think that way. But I found the content to be really weak. And so today on Distractify, I saw this thing about how the whole internet is at odds over, when really it's not, there's probably like 12 tweets about it. <laughs> right. Over, uh, do you say roll or bun in reference to the spherical bread that you <laughs> no. eat with dinner and so i put it on on facebook and this is this is what i posted a picture of a dinner roll with the caption what am i <laughs> and it has a fucking 120 no! comments <laughs> i thought it was gonna be like one really angry comment from someone no but and no. so that's that's very symbolic right now of how i feel about like media it's just like, like that's the most okay. That's I can I can try so like. hard to carefully word a story that I think is engaging and witty yep. and entertaining and 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 relatable and people really just want to say whether it's bun or roll. <laughs> and by the way, there's 120 comments. 115 of them say roll. So there's not <laughs> really? even there's not even a discussion happening. <laughs> people are seeing everyone else saying it and still saying it. It it makes me so sad. No one's I, even being contradictory about it. Like nope, or contrarian for the sake well, of like that, discussion. That and they look through the comments and they're like, okay, uh, <laughs> the vast majority here agrees with me. I better add in my own opinion, right. <laughs> make myself part of the norm here. And so maybe I was just already uh, having a tendency this week for whatever reason. I'm just kind of tired. Sure. Uh, to be let down by that. But when that started to happen over the course of my four hour show today, it really took my heart away. You're getting angrier and <laughs> it, angrier. It really, it just really. You're like, why am I trying? Yes. Yeah. It really let me down. <laughs> Bun or roll? We should have a weekly segment. A weekly segment of what? Bun or roll. Bun or roll. We just say what we think it is that week. <laughs> uh, and then like to, to when i brought it back because i had to do it a second time sure. two hours later huge I had, hit i tried to like color it up where i was like maybe you don't say either maybe you say biscuit and then some people in the comments are like a biscuit is a totally different thing <laughs> a biscuit has more butter and you eat it for dessert oh god you are changing the the rules of radio yeah no that's what i'm not doing in the game <laughs> you're keeping it the same that's what i'm not doing unfortunately Ugh. Anyway, so I'm just a little cynical this week about sure. the state of media. Hey, you know what? I think there's a lot of good stuff. Go like, there's a lot of stuff that I'm finding really interesting in the media right now, too. Okay. So Kanye's new album. Yeah, what do you think? Hey. I like it. I like it, too. I like it a lot. Like, yeah. wasn't expecting it. Um, and there's some stuff that's kind of dumb on it. Some but, of the lyrical content is preposterous. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's even things that I find hilarious in it. Like, mm -hmm. at one point, he talks about, like... Tristan Thompson would have been left if he didn't ball like him or Kobe. And the fact that he's comparing this like third player on a team to Kobe Bryant. To the is, greatest players ever. Is like at the same time insulting about the, the like how he's brought up in the first place. And then super complimentary because he's being compared to Kobe Bryant. Yeah. So lines like that find really funny. Uh, his album artwork. Did you see his album artwork? Yes, but what about it? It's a picture of the mountains. Yeah. And Kanye just literally in like Photoshop wrote in light green letters, I hate having bipolar disorder. It's, it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I think that's a great line. And the album's just called Yay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so to, it's just kind of a piece of the album art. It's that's, a short little record. He basically, yeah. And, and Pusha T's album that he produced too, yep. right before or after the whole... Pusha T Drake thing happened. Right. So this is all happening like within a week of each other. Yep. And it gets me really excited. Well, except for I'm charged that. Charged up. It, but back to my cynicism about media, the fact that the highly publicized Pusha T Drake feud happened right when he was dropping a big album sounds to me like it might be cultivated. Sure. But Drake's about to drop a big album too. I all love the more reason. <laughs> I know. I know. It's totally cultivated. Yes. I'm just happy with it. I'm happy that this is happening while the like whole Cavs Warriors series is going on. Your Cavs in the finals again. Yeah, that seems to have been going on for a long time. Yeah, I think this is the fourth year in a row. And no, people... I mean like this particular season, it seems to be carrying oh. on for like I, every morning I wake up and there's a new LeBron meme. Yeah, they're they're stretching it out like like they're giving at least 
three to four days between every game, which yeah. is crazy. Because the NBA wants it to last. Sure. They want LeBron to A, get rest, and they want it to go to seven games and for it to be like, we're all watching. But from what we've seen in the series so far, it's going to go like four or five games maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But where, where do we stand with hockey right now? That seems to have been going on for a long time. Hockey? Too. Like so, Las Vegas is going to win the, the Stanley Cup in their first year as a team. No. <laughs> so Not. right now they're down 3-1 in the series. Oh, okay. That's so probably good. They're about to lose, probably. We probably don't want them to win in their first year, right? I mean, That's I don't not... know. I Like, the Washington Capitals have Alexander Ovechkin, and people really like him. I've never been a huge fan. I don't care if he loses this year, but a lot right. of people are. He's one of the kind of people who have never won a cup, so people just want to see him win. And he is great. He is great. Yeah. He's very good. He's not your, like, typical Russian who will, like, not hit and stuff. He'll throw the body. And he's... Does it not send a bad message that a team that was crafted this time last year is doing so well. Yeah, I don't think it's what I don't think it's what the NHL wanted. No. And for all intents and purposes, it shouldn't have happened. It was the way that an extension or a, an expansion team gets made is everyone kind of like you have all these players from all these different teams that you can pick. Right. But no one on that team is a superstar. Mm-hmm. So they basically have a good goalie and a bunch of people that are willing to give it like 110%. And then So they're money ball. They're kind of money ball. Yeah. You're exactly right. They're kind of money ball. And there might be someone that comes out next year that is like a superstar, but as of right now, they're not. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. I, I think their intros are something that's been talked about a whole lot. What are the intros? Well, the like whole pregame thing on ice, like before they, it's like yeah, in, the Vegas Knights are, and then they do this whole like pyrotechnic thing on the ice. And anyways, because it's Vegas- they're just going really out of control with sure. it. And it's starting to last like 10 minutes before a game. <laughs> they should like get Celine Dion to help out with that. Well, they, they had like, well, it's funny, even Washington's trying to compete now. So Washington ended up having Sting and Shaggy play like God. before their. Why are Sting and Shaggy hanging out so much? That? They have an album together. They, I figure they must have because they played the Queen's birthday party together, Isn't which is a, amazing. And, and Sting, like the whole thing there is Sting is actually like having fun. Like he's yeah. finally not like Englishman in New York. He's like having a blast <laughs> yeah. playing with Shaggy and like they're on um like Graham Norton's show, I think, like fucking around. <laughs> like, Great. Just having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Which, you know, you don't get that with him and Stuart Copeland. No, I guess that's sure. true. I don't really have any kind of connection to Sting. No. But I have a connection Gordon to Gordon Sumner? No, not really. You have a connection to Shaggy. I mean, not really. It was, it was a formative time in your life. It was a time. Yeah. It was certainly a time. Right. What, what other media are you clinging to right now? The whole Drake Pusha T um, thing, I just find super interesting. Like, I did see a tweet, which I'm, I'm sure everyone knows now, but for me to have seen it says that it went mainstream. What was What it? does the T stand for? Terrible? Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. And then a whole song lyric stanza set of ha ha ha's. Drake said this. Yeah, and I thought that was really funny. That's amazing. <laughs> so, so Pusha T posts a song on SoundCloud, not even on his album, with a picture of Drake from when he was like 13 in blackface for like a movie that he was making with like a friend. Okay, as a black person though. Yes. Yeah. And it's got like the story of Adi Don and um <laughs> So apparently it was like at the time it was like to describe the the woes of like African American people like when when Drake was a little kid not like 13 or whatever making this mini movie <laughs> but also in the song so probably more damning he calls out Drake for having an illegitimate son Oh I've heard about this that he's like not caring about at all and Ooh. his wife's like a porn star and he's just going in like it's one of the biggest diss tracks ever but Apparently, one of their, like, mutual friends, like, between, like, him and Kanye, Pusha T, Kanye, and Drake, one of their, the, like, producer friends stepped in to, like, squash the whole beef. And apparently now it's, like, done. He's basically saying no more fighting, little boy. He's like, this is going to ruin, like, potentially both of your careers, and neither of you need it. Like, let's just end this right now. And Kanye was like, hey, I don't believe in beef anymore. So, like, this is done. And Drake was like, nah. (laughs) <laughs> isn't it good I for everybody's careers if there's if there's dissing going on though isn't that always been positive well it wasn't good for meek mill no i guess a couple years ago when drake released like if you're reading this it's too late then he went to jail 
Yeah, and then Meek went to jail. Although he's having a bit of a like comeback now. Yeah, the whole dreams and nightmares song that like it was the anthem for the Philadelphia Eagles, and then it became the anthem for like Philadelphia and right. the Sixers and. Now people are just listening to it before games. Like I think the Cavs did it when they got to the finals. Like they were all rapping it. I saw a tweet the other day, and I can't remember who said it, so I'm I'm sorry to not attribute it properly. But it said a diss track is just two grown men in separate rooms writing poems about each other. <laughs> that's that's actually <laughs> true. That's what it is. That's true. It's kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. I was laughing. Deezus and Miro were on the one of the latest Bill Sim, uh, Simmons episodes. Did you hear that at all? No. <laughs> you should. It's very funny. Andy Samberg's at the beginning. Oh, okay. And. Uh, Jesus and Miro say like Drake's like summer, so like I don't want his music to end. I don't want to have to listen to Pusha T all summer with my family, like a grown man rapping about selling cocaine. <laughs> I like that. They did a really great rewatchables about the Social Network. Did we talk about that? No, we haven't yet. You you listen to it though? I haven't listened to any of the rewatchables. Well, I I sometimes wonder, do I like that movie because I'm such an Aaron Sorkin head, or is that? No. objectively one of the great movies of a decade. Uh, it's a very watchable movie. Yeah, and I think it's rewatchable too. Yeah, he, definitely. They make some cultural observations about that movie that are just like, just really on point. Like, I mean, for one, almost no movies that win Academy Awards anymore mm-hmm. are pictures of a time. Right. Or at least not the current time in which they they arose from. Like, right. uh, it lost Best Picture to The King's Speech, which was fine. Right. It was fine. Mm-hmm. The acting was really good in it. But that's the best you could say about it. And it's probably one of the last times Harvey Weinstein really pulled the strings to win the Oscars. Yeah. Um, but, like, it is a gone-by thing that doesn't really impact American culture that much at all. Right. The King's Speech. The King's Speech. Whereas Facebook, of course, does. One thing that doesn't hold up about that movie is that it's all about how Facebook is cool. And Facebook is the opposite of cool now. Yeah. It's... it's uh, it's uh, everywhere. It's omnipresent, mm. uh, but it's certainly not cool. Right. Was Google like that at the time? I think people still kind of maybe find Google cool. I think so. I think Google's just like, it's a little more straight-laced. Yeah. You know what I mean? I guess. I guess I know what you mean. Like Facebook's, I mean, I think there's more of a, a deviance to Facebook. Yeah, but that's because you have your own say in it, whereas Google just gives you stuff that somebody else has said. But well, I mean, there's plenty of. I even mean, like on like the information steely side, but Google's probably done a whole bunch of messed up stuff too. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, Becky was telling me about this thing last night. You know, Twenty uh, Three and Me. Yeah. This is like a, a genealogy company where you mail yeah. them a huge vial of your spit. I did it a couple like couple five years ago okay <laughs> maybe six did they say that you have white ancestors uh did they say that to me i think at the time like i checked recently and i couldn't find any of the info that they originally gave me right they just gave me some kind of like weak info okay so, yeah so the idea is that it's like very trendy and always has been for people to mail huge vials of spit to 23 and me <laughs> yeah and then they send you back some like vague uh european description of who you are mm-hmm. um but like back in 2009, Google bought a huge portion of 23andMe. And Becky heard some conspiracy theory that in the future, when we've all deteriorated and we're falling apart and we're dying and cloning has been perfected, Google can sell you back DNA of you as a younger person for like thousands of dollars. Wow. So you can like get, a, get your own heart back from when you were 17. Whoa. And have like continued consciousness. Yeah, because like your it's your heart that's dying, right? Right. So we'll use your your DNA to regrow your heart. Oh, I see. Okay. So yeah. it's not like we're just gonna make an entire new you. We'll just make the part of. But you for a fuck ton of money, and so like that is a whole other kind of data mining, isn't it? Whoa! At the time, I'm gonna be like, wait a second, did I do 23 and me? And they'll be like, we have this vial of spit. It might be someone else's spit. Give it a go. Whatever. Try to heart to heart. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of interesting. Whoa. Ooh la la. That's crazy. Did we just become a conspiracy theory podcast? (laughs) We kind of talked about it last week. Mandela effect. Yeah, we did. That's right. Yeah. All these psychological Let's have conspiracy corners. We haven't done any TV yet. No, I know. (laughs) We have not talked a thing about TV. That's probably for the best. Sure. Because there's not a whole lot to say about TV this week. Not a whole lot going on. Um, Oh, uh, I made notes and I didn't bring them, but Chelsea Peretti, did you- figure out what this is about well the movie is called spinster spinster but that's all there is to know about it. that's all we know right now she's making a movie and she's the star of it she's the star so i guess she's going to be in halifax for maybe a couple months yeah possibly yeah that's kind of cool yeah 
Who's going to be the first person to like tweet a photo with Chelsea Peretti? I don't know. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting as a stand-up to see if she like shows up for surprise, mm. uh, like yuck yucks nights or whatever. But she's also a new mom. True. So I don't think she's going to be out and about that much. Will her husband visit at any point? That would be neat. That would be very cool. I'm sure he will. I mean, he should as a good father. He kind of has to. Jordan. Keenan Thompson was at uh, one of the Capitals games. Yep. Uh, shouted out all his Halifax peeps. I know. Isn't that cool? Did you hear that? Yeah. There's an article going around today about Keenan Thompson. He did this uh, print interview uh, about how he's the longest standing SNL cast member in history. And it got shared on Reddit. And the, the comment section really bummed me out. It's just people uh, dumping on Keenan about how it's kind of pathetic oh, that he's still there. On, and that he's not funny. And that he he's has like to stay because... Show together. I think he's amazing. And I've heard uh, a few people... Well, Sarah Silverman tweeted last week that it's a travesty that he's never been nominated for an Emmy. And it really is. That That's true. It is. He's he's a solid 60% of that show, I think. Yeah, and Seth Meyers has said... he I, I think it was on Howard Stern. He talked about, like, who's the best this? Who's the best that? What's the best audition you ever saw? He said, Kristen Wiig, hands down. That right. is the most... Uh, tight and well-realized SNL edition I ever sat in on, and I sat in on hundreds of them. Who's the best sketch comedian you've ever worked with? Keenan Thompson. There's really? just no, no question. Yeah. There's just no question. Right. And it's been his whole career. It's been his whole life. Like, yeah. he's he was doing it as a kid. Well, and I don't think... He's that, got his 10,000 hours at this point, probably. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> he had those on all that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't think the premise of SNL being for people who are not quite ready to have their own sitcom yet mm. still stands. TV means different things now. Sure. And he's not even the oldest member on the, of the cast. Leslie Jones is like 51. Right. Uh, so I think it's more important that they have funny people and people who understand what Saturday Night Live is. And mm. as long as Keenan wants to stay, I think he should. Now question, would you love to see Keenan in something else? Cause I'm, I'm now just curious. Like I would love to see Keenan in the last OG next year. Absolutely. And what would he be like? Because you've never just seen him on a... You've never been seen him guest star on like 30 Rock or anything. That's so true. And we've never really seen him do a character that is comedic, but has a soul. You know right. what I mean? That's kind of normal. Yeah, like has a, a humanity to him. Right. It's always wacky zany. And that's fine because clowning is a thing. Yeah. Um, but I would be curious to see what's he like as an actor, even if it's a comedic actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like, um, like Ace Ventura, like... When when I was watching all those movies like Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber, none of the movies like Jim Carrey, you never really got to see Jim Carrey be a somewhat normal person. Not was, at first. No, no, not at first. He was just always so crazy, and I remember being like, "I wonder what he's like in yeah. real." Like, there's no, no evidence of him. It's being funny you brought that person. up because just last week I rewatched Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Right. It's, it's a crazy watch. Well, it's a strange movie to have seen before and not remember at all because that's exactly what it's about. <laughs> I, yeah, I did that. A couple, that's true. I did that a couple years ago. Yeah. And I remember not quite being as impacted. I think at the time I thought it was such a cool, hip movie yep. that on the second watch it was like, I don't know, people kind of stopped talking about it and I'm not as into it anymore. No, I think that, I mean, I won't say it like leveled me, Yeah, but it had some ideas that were were pretty spectacular right i've never seen being john malkovich have you seen that uh i've only seen parts of it and it doesn't seem like it's for me but it's the same guy it's charlie kaufman wrote both of those really so he clearly has his own way yeah okay yeah wasn't it oh spike jones directed it maybe he directed it okay definitely charlie kaufman wrote it wow weird now maybe i'll watch it but eternal sunshine is like i mean it's bleak yeah. It's incredibly bleak, but it's... And, and Jim Carrey shows a lot of humanity in that. And then, like, I don't know, like, middle-aged Jim Carrey, where he was still pumping out a lot of, like, blockbuster comedies in, like, the Bruce Almighty like days. Liar, Liar, Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty was after Liar, Liar. Yes. But, like, but Liar, Liar's a good example. There's a lot of humanity in that character. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the first... Turning point. Turning... Yeah, like he was never crazy. And maybe Liar, Liar. Yeah. Liar Liar was probably the first one where you get to see him be kind of a normal, like, dad. Well, it's about uh, taking responsibility for your actions. That's yeah. what that movie is about. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, you can't say anything so lofty about when nature calls. Right. You know. Well, how did we get here? We You brought something up, and I mentioned. I didn't. You brought up Chelsea Peretti. Oh, really? This is how this week's going to go. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Kate Spade, did you hear about her? 
Did I hear about her? That's sad. That's really sad. It's I feel really... I feel like it's one of those things that I'm I'm almost partially responsible for because <laughs> Explain yourself. What are you talking about? I just like I would never ever ever talk about Kate Spade. And like I think you were in the hallway with me like last week. Yeah, when that's I, right. I started having a conversation about Kate Spade. We were at a bar a couple weeks she was ago with, with work people, and, and somebody said something about Kate Spade, and, and you said, did you know she's she's David Spade's sister? And I said, sister-in-law. Right. And we kind of had a conversation. Well, I guess that was pretty much the gist of the conversation. Yeah. But I would, like, it's so weird that when you talk about something like that, yeah, something happens. It is weird. It's It's really sad. I mean, like, she... She apparently was self-medicating with alcohol, right. and she she had uh, some kind of other uh, psychological depression. disorder that she... I mean, certainly depression, but mm-hmm. um, she wasn't being treated for it, uh, her sister says, because of yes people. I mean, uh, the, the lesson to take away from it is that she was enormously successful, creatively right. and corporately, mm-hmm. and uh, she, it would appear, had everything. Yeah. And that was not enough for her not to be incredibly sad. So, I mean, thanks for bringing down the mood, by the way. <laughs> Crap. Well, I just wanted to get super serious for <laughs> a tight two minutes and then work on out of it. It's interesting, though, because, like, I wouldn't have thought that it would be as effective for people, but maybe just because, like, a lot of Kate Spade products are not directed at someone like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, I've seen a lot of people tweeting about how, like, oh, my God, the first handbag I saved up to buy was a Kate Spade bag. Wow. Or like, I know Becky's a big fan of her stuff. Yeah. So, like, it is impactful for people. Totally. It makes people think. Yeah. You know, money can't buy you happiness, and you got to get help regardless of who you are. That is, of course, true. But I do take some issue with the with the statement that money can't buy happiness. I'm sure that's true, and I don't know what it's like to be sure. enormously wealthy. Right. But I sometimes think a lot of the things that make me unhappy, and not, like, not like suicidally depressed, obviously, so it's a right. different thing, but, like, things that that I am, uh, that are, that are holding me away from like total tranquility mm-hmm. are often money related things. Right. So it's, it's, I have to imagine that though money can't buy happiness, it doesn't hurt. If you're already somewhat happy and then you get a bunch of money, then you probably can't. I buy think happiness. that's the takeaway. If you yeah. already have this horrible affliction, getting super rich is not going to solve your right. affliction. Right. Right. As Jellystone said, money can't buy me happiness, but I'm happiest when I can buy what I want anytime that I want. Get high when I want. I don't think anyone's ever said it better than that. No one. They uh, have, they have renewed uh, thirteen reasons why for for a third season for a third season thirteen seasons more why? like <laughs> I was just gonna say third season why <laughs> oh brutal it's amazing it's like they relish the horrible press they get every time they put it a season yep. like every time a season comes out there are all these think pieces about mm-hmm. how it's toxic and bad for the world yeah and they're like great let's keep it going right <laughs> and so the netflix president came out today and basically said like look if this upsets you don't watch it you know yeah. you don't have to watch that's, it that's fair i mean at, the, at that juncture he's fine to say this because people have been like going back and forth for so long and it's like listen we're gonna keep renewing it if you don't want to watch it then we probably won't renew well it. that and the first season was said to be very triggering so, like, if you decided to, like, soldier through the first season, even though it was troubling for you, and then the second season, too, and you still want to watch season three, even though it's putting you in a bad place, mm. I mean, I don't want to say you're responsible for your own actions, but, like, you should try and keep stock of what you what's not healthy for you. Right. And if you're not negatively affected by it, and you just think that it's an interesting story, I guess you shouldn't be deprived of more interesting story. No. Yeah. I mean, if you want to watch something that is going to trigger and depress you, you're, you've got every right to do that. You do. Yeah. I guess it's not Netflix's fault. But then just, I, and I haven't watched anything ever since the first two episodes we watched for the podcast like a year ago or mm-hmm. more, two years ago. Um, well, probably a year ago. But I, I heard that the second season, aside from all the controversies, just isn't very good. Right. Is it the same guy in it? Is it still Clay? It's still Clay. It's not just, it's still Hannah Baker. Explain that to me. Oh, so the girl who died is, is still name? like talking. She's in it. <laughs> still talk. What yeah, you, she's in it. She's in the show. Oh, it's so just like flashback. Well, I, g- I guess I didn't watch it, but like wow. this is another example. Not on like Big Little Lies. This thing that existed as a contained novel yeah. that they uh, put all of on camera for the first season. They mm-hmm. wore out their their subject material, their their 
uh, source text in the first season. And then they have to come up with new story for the second season. So it's not surprising season two is not as good. Right. And it's also not surprising that they're like, well, what about our main character? Right. You know? Yeah. So they have to kind of create this weird thing where they have to shoehorn in this girl who died in episode one. Right. And now she's, now it's going to be in a third season. Can I, can I give you my prediction for the first line of like the third season? Yes. It's going to be like, let me tell you listeners, ISIS is really bad. Oh God. And I'm going to tell you why. And then the whole season's just going to be about like. 13 reasons why. Yes. (laughs) ISIS takeover. Can we come up with 13 reasons why ISIS is bad? <laughs> yeah, I think we can. I think we can probably All do right. that. Uh, they seem to be killers. Uh, they're not so <laughs> nice to people. Uh, let me come up with a third. Come on, come on. Uh, well, you can do it, Mike. You're in an irreverent place today. I think so, too. Yeah. I don't know. I um, I had a little bit more coffee before coming over. Yeah. So it got me a little more jazzed up. I can tell that because I had to turn your microphone down a little bit. Whoa, <laughs> nice. I'm also I'm also excited about more things. It's like just, I feel like Americans just ended. Yeah, now without giving anything away. Yes. Okay, I know I how it ended. Away. I mm-hmm. heard about it. Sure. And people seem to be very wistful and very satisfied. Yeah, very satisfied is, it didn't, in the very Americans way that they had they would give you storylines that would kind of just end they wouldn't give you that super satisfying like oh yeah let's tie that loose end sometimes that's good storytelling yeah fill in the blanks there were a certain like in the in the last episode you kind of thought oh there's gonna be this like bloodshed and they're for sure gonna find out what happens to this person and we're gonna know what went on there and everyone's gonna be they did not do that okay there were a few main topics that they hit on, they showed what they, as the show writers, thought was important, mm-hmm. and then they got out of there. But if that was their way of conducting a story before, yeah, they shouldn't deviate from what they are. That's right, and they didn't. And they also, being a show that is inherently sad, mm-hmm. shouldn't give you this like little happy nuclear ending. No, I agree, and I would have been upset if it was like, you know, if it was like, super tidy at the end yeah it got really messy in the second last episode and then they concluded it in the best way possible you know it's interesting though because i only ever watched the first episode of that show what's that for the uh the americans um i remember the garage being significant i can remember stan zeroing in on the trunk of that car in the garage in the pilot episode of the show Mm -hmm. and then he doesn't open it thank god and uh from what i could tell on reddit from people who had finished the series the climax exists in the garage in the last episode of the show. Is that true? It's a garage. It's not the garage. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. It's it's another parking garage. Oh, okay. But maybe that has some, some relevance. It's where you hide your cars. They were <laughs> yeah. in hiding I wonder all if we along. could do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I truly don't think it was a, significant point although like stan it wasn't symbolic like a car maybe it was but they both involved stan he's good eh? stan is amazing yeah great actor yeah so is um the person who played matthew reese and matthew reese who played philip yeah i've heard that he is definitely emmy deserving and same with carrie uh carrie russell yeah they were all freaking incredible the daughter kind of drove me crazy Paige. yeah she had a bit of like a pouty like oh why (laughs) kind of always (laughs) yeah is that uh, your Russian? Or? No, no. It, it had nothing to do because she didn't right. even know they were Russian until right. like season four. Right. But um, And their son never knew. And their son never knew. Henry. And it was funny because Henry was kind of a joke for, to me for most, but he became super relevant in the final season. Can you imagine? I think we talked about this when we did an Americans podcast. Can you imagine if you found out now that your parents were Russian sleeper cell agents? Well, that's kind of the whole point of the show. I think like, it is. The roosters really, really come to, to what's it called? Crow? Crow? No, the they roosters, come, they come to nest. They come to they come nest. nest. I don't know. Um, I've never heard this expression. No, I, I thought I was helping you with something I've never heard before. <laughs> the roosters really come to crow, and I was missed. like, well, the crowing thing I think you took from Hook, but uh, <laughs> I've got a crow. <laughs> um, but in <clears throat> any case, it was an amazing series. It was, I loved that. So Stan, a little bit of a spoiler alert, but not really. I mean, if you're going to go through the whole series, he, you know, befriends Philip and. They're they're you know they're neighbors. Yeah. They're best friends they're best for most friends. of the series. That is devastating. It it was really something to watch. Yeah. 
So the confrontation in the season finale is, meh. It's like choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's what you wanted to see, but you didn't know you wanted to see it that way. Right. It's quiet. It was quiet. It was quiet. Devastating. Mm -hmm. You are really full of it today. Thanks, man. You should have coffee before the podcast more often. Really? Okay. Peter Jackson has said he is not involved with HBO's interpretation of The Lord of the Rings. He's bowing out. Are you okay with that? No, I wanted him to be involved. Mm. They've also said that it's going to run five seasons. I hate when they do this. We already know exactly how this is going to go. Five seasons. And if it becomes the biggest show of all time, we're not going to add any extra seasons because we would never do that because we don't like money. And if it's not popular, we're not going to cut it off early. They're going to do five seasons. <laughs> five seasons, no matter what. Yeah. We've got funding from all of our families it's, at the studio. And, and it's going to cost like $2 billion to make or something insane. Right. Like, it's, yeah. First billion dollar show. Well, you say that now, but you might end up, we might do the first episode and be like, we're all in. Oh, I mean, I, I'm really psyched for it, mm-hmm. obviously, because I love Lord of the Rings, but I love Peter Jackson's interpretation, as most right. people do. And... I don't think it's wholly necessary. Mm-hmm. Now, it's also, it's not going to be a, a, a told story. It's going to be like young Aragorn or something, which is kind of curious to me. Yeah. Um, but it just seems like they've got it all mapped out a little too mm-hmm. soon. It's like, it's like I had an idea for a book. I'm like, oh, this would be a great book. And I know what I'm going to write in the sequel and part three. Right. <laughs> and all of a sudden, part three is just the tree beard story. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> Good Lord. Tree beard is the reason not to read the book the two towers right it's insane <laughs> it's too much yeah just tape, just watch the movie <laughs> and even that's like a four-hour commitment if yeah, you get is. the extended version yeah it is i have all of those i have not i have them on dvd i don't know why i have not watched them i bought them at a garage sale i think i watched the second one one day in grade 10 mm-hmm. it took me four hours it was like an entire day with a friend and then we were just kind of like wow we just spent Probably six hours total. With they're pods. phenomenal, and you know what else? They came out like consecutively, one one year, the next, the next year. Yeah, like, two and two in the same year. Amazing. The second and they're third so came long. out in the same year. <laughs> they're so long. How did they do that? Yeah, I don't know. And remember the the Return of the King ended up having like eight different endings. So watching it in the theater, you were like. Okay, so that's how it so ends. bad. Like, and then you start getting up, and they're like, okay, no, they're uh, tying up some more loose ends here. Yeah, oh, they're going to sail away. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah they're I know. sailing away. Now they're, okay, now they're, there's Sam again. Ocean's 8 comes out in a couple of days. Okay. I think I'm the most excited of anybody on Earth for this movie. And it's not even that I'm like, like over the moon excited. I just, right. for some reason, I'm super amped to see this movie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it'll be fun. You are the person that I've heard talk about this more than anyone else. I know. I'll I'll see if Jen maybe. Wants I think to it's going to make a lot of money. I think that's I think that's part of it. Shit. I mean, Sandy B. Sandy B. She'll be fine. Do you find it funny when people like celebrities call her Sandy Bullock? Another one you start to hear like in the same uh, tour junkets is Annie Hathaway. So many oh, famous people say Annie Hathaway. I have not heard anyone call her Annie Hathaway. Yeah, that's weird though. It is weird. Even if that's what you call her in person, it's just like weird what are you doing come on call her Anne hathaway yeah you know what her name is on like a movie poster exactly call her that come on um get over yourselves jeez uh westworld i've been watching a little bit okay finding it way more confusing than it needs to be it's not like the talk of the town is it no i they kind of straight like they did these multiple timelines and the show is confusing enough already that they don't have to scatter they don't have to pulp fiction you with it it's a huge shame because just like Mr. Robot really stood the chance of like being the next cultural zeitgeisty thing. Yeah. And second season was just like, and I'm not watching either show, but Too like trippy fine, but weird. And like, yeah, kind of not what people hoped it would be, I guess. Well, and as soon as they pull the rug out from you one time with Mr. Robot, like this wasn't actually reality or this wasn't actually his family yeah. or he was actually not talking to this person all along. He's mentally like, messed up oh okay you know like i don't really know once they start but once they start doing like that once they tyler durden you oh i see you know what i mean like once they pulled the tyler durden card the tyler durden thing has to be at the end you can't you can't keep it going you're right because i can't trust you anymore that's what they're doing in mr robot and oh. so they kind of did that a couple times in the second season too i don't think i've finished are you the here third to tell season. me that christian slater doesn't exist yeah really yeah that's awesome 
He does. He's a, his former father. Yeah. Like he's Rami Malek's father. Yeah. Who then he dies of cancer, but still like he is kind of like the evil person talking to him, telling mm-hmm. him that he needs to keep making things and taking this project further. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. It is. It is cool. Oh my god! The first season was amazing. Like I know the the twist in it was yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. There's too many things. There's too many things. Too many things. Would that we didn't have this podcast because there were a reasonable number of things on television. But this is our lot in life. I know. Can we talk about a couple of shows that that are getting some buzz recently? Of course. That we might be able to do next week. Yes. One is Succession on HBO. Okay. New Sunday night HBO drama. It's got. Um, Who's having it? It has uh, one of the Culkin brothers. Kieran? Kieran. Yeah. Kieran Culkin. And uh, I think it's got like two other people in it of note. Okay. Anyways, it's about like a rich family. Hmm. And the other one is called, I think it's called Patrick Melrose. And it's a Benedict Cumberbatch show on Showtime. It's a mini series. It's a mini series. I don't know if it's. Okay. I just saw it on Rotten Tomatoes. Tonight. Doesn't he have enough enough things going? What else does he have going besides Sherlock? And Doctor Strange and, like, all of his other, yeah, like, artsy so. Oscar movies. Yeah. He's not bad as Doctor Strange. I'll give him that. He was pretty important in the old Infinity War flick. Yeah. Yeah. I think they just put whatever the next franchise is supposed to be in that. Like, they highlight even some of their C characters. Yeah. To be like, okay, now we can do another Doctor well, Strange. Well, if they movie. knew Black Panther was going to be as big of a deal as it was, they probably would have made him more prominent. You're right. Infinity I think War. so too. I don't know if it's too late to like highlight him in Infinity War 2. I don't know. When's Infinity War 2 coming out? Next year. Oh. We've already been working on it. Is it coming out before any of the other Marvel movies? I doubt it. There's been like four Marvel movies already this year. Right. There was something that I saw on Rotten Tomatoes too about Damon Lindelof writing a story or writing a a letter to Watchmen fans or something. Oh, interesting. Because he's going to be involved in the Watchmen show on HBO. On yeah, HBO. Yeah, HBO. The fact that it's on HBO lends so much credit to the entire. Series. Yeah, that kind of gives it some integrity, I yeah. think. And I Damon want... Lindelof does too. Absolutely. Yeah. I haven't watched the actual movie yet. I watched it when I was like nineteen. Did you like it? No, but no. I but I don't know if I could appreciate it either because it's like it's considered an important literary text, right. The Watchmen. Uh, I don't know about the movie, but I think some people like it. Yeah, I think it's kind of got a bit of a cult status for what it was. Yeah, it's like about culture and stuff. I think yeah. I think I just watched it thinking like, oh, this will just be a superhero movie, mm-hmm. and it's not really that. I think it's going to be a show that we're all obsessed with once Maybe. it comes out. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, Roseanne spinoff is inevitable. I guess it's like, it's all but a done deal. They're going to make a show called Darlene. Ugh. Why? You know what? They had to find a way to. They had to. to. Yeah. And it's going to tank. Yeah. It's going to tank mm-hmm. because it's not going to have, like the only reason, I don't know why they don't realize this. The reason Roseanne was successful mm-hmm. was not because it highlighted a, a, a version of Americans that aren't seen on network television. It was because Roseanne said horrible stuff. In it. <laughs> That's why, you know, it's what not they should like do. without her, I hate to say this, but the show can't be successful without her. No, it's just another show about people. It's a it, Darlene, doesn't but liberal to, people. Darlene doesn't have to be from any specific family for it to be. Yeah. It, it has to be, it has to involve Roseanne. In and to be fair, she was kind of the main character of this new season, I guess. Okay. Uh, and she's the runner of the show too. Sarah Gilbert was like her idea to bring it back. Right. But like, do they really think that they're going to get Roseanne ratings with Darlene? You know what I think they should do is take the, uh, take the CBS route and go, um, young Roseanne. Oh God. So like little kid Roseanne kind of just be like, ah, I don't, I don't like you. Yep. I think that's great. I don't understand you, so I don't like you. <laughs> what do you think about that? I think it's great. I think that you should have been there for the negotiations. You think it's got legs? I would say that as a joke, and they'd probably be like, oh, my God, he's got it. Yeah. Who is this kid? We found our young Sheldon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll get Roseanne to Picture young Sheldon. narrate it. But as Roseanne. <laughs> I hate to say this about a child actor because it's not his fault. Oh, no. But uh, that little boy who plays young Sheldon. No. read a jeopardy clue the other day and becky and i both 
as soon as we saw him, we both immediately erupted in fury. We're like, get this kid off my TV. <laughs> no, fuck this. Started throwing your cats at the television. Kind of. We were like, I hate this kid. <laughs> it's not fair. He's super theatrical too, isn't he? He is. It's not his fault. I just, right. I don't, I don't agree with the premise of the show. I don't think it's written to be Sheldon. Right. And I don't know. I just don't like them. They, they made it for money. They sure did. There's a whole lot of that. Oh, the Joker. Did you hear about this? Speaking of superhero yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's reboots. thing about still keeping Jared Leto. Wasn't that supposed it, to be dead? It's not just thinking about it. He's like going to produce and star in a Joker standalone movie. And I think he thinks uh, Ryan Reynolds played Deadpool in a thing that was terrible. And then he brought it back and made it his own and produced oh, it. And it was no. the biggest thing ever. Oh, no. But one of them takes themselves way too seriously. And the other one seems to be a pretty decent one of them. One Take of them, a guess. One of them is known for uh, enjoying the sexual company of children also. And so I'm just not inclined to root for this movie. I forgot that that was... Uh, I like to say that as much as possible because yeah. everybody forgets that. Yeah. When did that come out again? It's a 30 Seconds to Mars thing. It's like, it's a, it's a Headley thing. Oh, okay. I see. I it's see, the same thing. Right. Young and, fans. Yeah. And, okay. Gotcha. And so Suicide Squad was terrible. And yeah. I don't know if you could blame Jared Leto because he's not in it that much. No. But it's just like, we don't, I don't want that. But he didn't need to be in it at all was the... No. Kind of whole thing behind it. No. And it's like, it's almost like he has this uh, residual uh, joker in him that he cultivated for the making of that movie that he didn't get to satiate. And now he right. wants to spit it out on this movie right. that without all the other Will Smiths and Margot Robbie's might be amazing mm-hmm. when it's not going. And Jai Courtney, it's not going to be. It's right. not, it's just, it's still going to be some weird guy pretending to be the joker with a damaged tattoo on his forehead. Yeah. There's no way that they're making another Suicide Squad, right? I don't know could about they, that. Could they announce that? Like I, I don't know if they'll need to, if only because Jared Leto is going to play Joker in his own thing, right. and Margot Robbie is going to play Harley Quinn in her own thing. Wow. Oh, okay. Didn't know that part. Yeah. Well, at least she did a couple serious roles before that. I don't know where the DCCU stands right now. It's been a while. I mean, Wonder Woman obviously was a big deal. Yeah. That's, that's, their, that's their ball of fire. But they did Justice League, the most recent one. Was that more recent than Wonder Woman? I don't think so. Yeah, it was. Justice League? Yeah. Okay, well, that just shows how big of a deal that was to I me. Know. Right. Yeah. And I watched Wonder Woman. Didn't think it was incredible. Everyone was so happy with Wonder Woman. Maybe it was because my expectations were too high. She's very lovely. She's good. She's really good in it. Yeah. It, maybe your expectations were too high. It's really just a superhero movie. It's a, it's a watchable movie. Yeah. I, but I think the people were like whoa it's a dc movie that i was able to watch you know what else because it has charm yeah because it has these moments where like she'll say a one-liner it's like oh that was kind of funny yeah but there is zero of that in their other movies and i know there's been some weird stuff about uh batman and like is gyllenhaal gonna play batman and he's not because he's gonna be in uh the new spider-man movie and um Who's he going to be in the new Spider-Man movie? Some villain. I don't know. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and uh, Ben Affleck now wants to stay on as Batman in the movie he's no longer writing or directing. Right. It just seems like a train wreck. Yeah. I know bad. I talk a big game about how you should like not have a bad attitude about movies, but it just seems like a train wreck. <laughs> but when movies seem like a train wreck, you need to have a bad attitude about That's, them. Yeah. It's ne- never be above having a bad attitude. Sure. That's what I've learned. Yeah. At the, in the end... You'll just be happy that you had a bad attitude. That's right. And well, I have, su- I have such a bad attitude about so many other things. If Why enjo- do I reserve good attitudes for movies? If you enjoy it, you go into it being like, you know what? I had a bad attitude about it, but it made me like the movie. So you know what I have great. a bad attitude about? What? Uh, Legally Blonde three. Is that happening? Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> no, it hasn't happened yet. They okay. a couple of years ago they did Legally Blonde two, Red, White, and Blonde. Right. How could I forget? <laughs> yeah. that's such a good title we're still talking about it that first legally blonde movie was pretty good i like legally blonde sure uh and then they made a musical too didn't they yeah i think like a la mean girls i think that it was like it it fit that nicely yeah but that's a good movie the first one i never saw the second one so i can't speak to it but i don't think it's like thought to be like godfather level sequel or anything and now they're doing another one no, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Not as I've heard anyway. Okay, Maybe sure. you heard differently. And now they're doing part three. Reese Witherspoon says, yeah, let's do it. Get the spoons in here. Yeah. 
What else is she? Oh, she did Big Little Lies. Get the spoons. <laughs> That's what they call her, right? Yeah, they call her that. Spoons. Or Reese Cups. Reese Cups. Yeah, Reese's Cups. She also did A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, she yeah. Was in that. that was right. just, that was a flicker, eh? It, it got so much press. And went. I thought it, it was, was going to be huge. It, it seemed like they were investing like it had every opportunity <laughs> to be huge. I feel like we, we spoke like three months ago about how this movie was coming out and it might be big. Yep. And then... In that time, it had a full theater run and is now out of theaters. Well, there are a couple of ways that, like, I know a movie is being invested in. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can say this about Ocean's 8 as well, because, like, all of those women are on the talk shows. And yeah. I still watch talk shows. Sure. They're all over talk shows. Right. Uh, and so that's being paid for by somebody. And another thing that I think is expensive is they're part of the Cineplex pre-show. So if, like, there's a, if there's like a big vignette about a wrinkle in time in the Cineplex pre-show, yeah. I think they're investing in this movie. And there was. Did I tell you about um, how anytime I watch a movie, someone's like, Sling, you should be the new Tanner Zipchen. And I'm like, obviously, I would love to be Tanner Zipchen. Yeah. And I've had this weird thing with bomber jackets lately. I really want a bomber jacket. Okay. And so I was like, Jen, I'm going to tweet Tanner Zipchen. <laughs> this was when we were at Infinity War. And I tweeted him. Uh, a pretty innocuous, brah, you're killing it with the bomber jackets. Keep up the good work. That was and nice. that it was like a rock hands or something. And he liked it. No, that's really nice. I wish he retweeted it though. Come on, Here's Tanner. my thing about Tanner Zipchen. Uh-oh. I've also had the same the same interactions with people. Oh, I bet you would love to do that. Right. Sure I would. You and I are both too old for it, by the way. Yeah, you think We're so? We're definitely, I don't know how old Tanner Zipchen is. I you, sound like it probably. Yeah, you definitely have that voice. Yeah. You could pull it off. Listening... Oh no! I meant I meant I sound I thought too old. Sometimes I listen to this podcast and it sounds the whole time like I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, no, yeah. I don't. I think if you listen back to this podcast today, you're going to be like, oh, I could drink a double double and <laughs> definitely host the Cineplex pre show. <laughs> I should do the Cineplex pre show. I think he does a really good job. Okay. I, I like Tanner Z. I Tanner Z, and that's his handle. <laughs> I would like to hang out with Tanner Z and see how much he's not like that guy at all. Right. Because that would be my problem. Is that like. I love being on the radio, but sometimes I'm like, Ugh, I'm such a commercial product. You think Tanner Z's maybe taking huge bong rips in the morning and kind of just being sad? I don't think he, I don't want to make any assumptions about him. Tying one off. He's got a cool gig. Up. I also don't think that like he makes bank by that either. Like I think they probably like pay him 10 grand and they give him free movie passes and he gets to interview yeah. uh, uh, the rock or whatever. They fly him out to like, yeah, that's true. He, he gets LA. to go on trips and stuff and he, he is a radio guy and it's very He's good for his guy. brand. Yeah. Uh, where's he a radio guy? Toronto? Uh, no, I think it's out West. I think he's in like Alberta or something. Oh, interesting. I think he does a really good job, but there is n- very little of his personality in that, in that show. We could probably get Tanner Zipchen on one of these podcasts. I wonder, would, just, would Tanner Zipchen do a podcast? I think it's worth a shot. I think we should try and do it. That could, that's a, it seems like an attainable goal. Not, no disrespect to him, but he's a Canadian pre-roll. A Canadian media dude is still in his, is still in his like early uh, presence. Yeah. Radio guy to radio guy. You'd think you'd be able to reach out and be like, hey man, I do something on the side. Wondering if you could pop on for like 10 minutes. Tanner I mean, Z. he'd be doing us a favor. He'd be doing, yeah. He's got nothing to gain. <laughs> no, no, absolutely sure. not. All right. Okay. Well, uh, it, hey, tweet Tanner Zipchen and tell him he's got to do the show show. <laughs> he's got to. If it comes from fans, it'll mean a whole lot more. True. <laughs> it's a show about TV, first of all. But, <laughs> but they also, hey, they talk about movies. Oh, we talk about whatever the hell we want. We talk about Cineplex pre-roll. Well, this has been a fun preamble. Yeah. (laughs) Happy days was funny for all the wrong reasons. It was something. All right. (laughs) You can recap the pilot episode. This is a big deal. It's been a long time since we did like one of the essential shows. That's right. In television history. It was one of the top 100 shows. Oh, definitely. I'd say it's probably like a top 20 show of all time. Uh, And this is one of those cases where we're not going to be able to do it justice. So we're just going to talk about what we saw in this pilot. That's right. Which is a whole lot of stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, you can recap the pilot episode of Happy Days in three, two, one, go. Okay, so um, uh, Ron Howard's character, uh, Richie, Richie, is a high school junior. He, his friend Potsy, says that there's this girl and she's got a reputation, and she, he, 
basically cooks up a plan for him to ask her out. They go out, they hang out, they kind of like start necking and kissing, but stuff keeps going wrong. Anyway, come to realize that she doesn't actually have a reputation. Everyone's lying about her. He kind of lies about going all the way with her and does, never actually did. Then comes clean about it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there was this whole thing where like he was like really nervous because he thought he was going to have sex and uh, they get a bra to practice on the bra and, have, yes. and then he tries to take off her bra and she's like, I don't do that. And then she just gets bubbly again. Like this, this is like, I just like kissing. This girl <laughs> is like, this show is just teeming with violations. First of all, so <laughs> like this girl is, is much wrong. Oh my God. She is hashtag me too incarnate. And she is so cool with it. She's so unaware about <laughs> yeah, what's happening. No, it's devastating. Like, they, they make her a ditzy girl. She's like, I can't play chess. I'm just a girl. That was my I favorite line. It. That was my favorite line. Look, there's a chessboard. Let's play chess. And she goes, don't you have to be smart to play chess? <laughs> and Richie goes, no, I'll yeah. show you. <laughs> yeah. No. Calls well, her he's dumb. Like, my dad showed me. Yeah. And is that supposed to be like, I'm your daddy now. So I'm showing you. <laughs> Come on, Richie, you creep. It was wholly creepy. And you know what's interesting, too, is like Fonzie has a very peripheral part in the show. He does. He wears a a windbreaker because network TV was anxious about putting a leather jacket on primetime television. Right. Which is hilarious because this show is about a girl who's known for being a slut. Yes. And a show that's <laughs> supposed to take place in the 50s. Yeah. That's like the most wholesome time of all. Right. No, the, the, the premise of the pilot episode of this wholesome family sitcom yeah. is about how Richie thinks he's going to get laid because this girl used to date sailors. Can we? Yeah. <laughs> can <laughs> and we, they can't put Fonzie in leather. Before we talk about anything else, can we approach the most problematic line in the entire show? Okay, that's a big statement, but what is it? It's a huge statement, and I'm totally right in it. And okay. You will agree. There are a couple towards the end. So when Richie talks about... <laughs> is there two types of girls? Is that one? No, that that is also amazing. Those Gen- you marry and those who have a, have reputation. a reputation. So there's that one. But her talking about the gym teacher was something especially uh, troubling to me. Okay, refresh me. So she's like, oh, no, the the gym teacher says, like, girls with a certain build always get that kind of attention and get rumors out, get get, uh, rumors discussed about them. Jeez. He also tried to touch the back of my shirt. Oh, God. And and, uh, Archie's just like, wait, Richie? Richie, yeah. Richie's just like, oh, Mr. like McLeod? Yeah. And she's like, yeah. And he kind of does like a, huh, huh, and like a head shake thing. And that's supposed to be it. It's supposed like, to be You funny. were assaulted by a gym teacher. Yes, you were. Yeah. Well, and like when, when it occurs to Richie that she's not that type of girl. Yes. If that is the type of girl, it's not. Yeah. But, uh, he says, doesn't it bother you that people say that about you? And she's like, no, who would believe that? And then Richie's yeah. just like, no, nobody. Yeah, yeah. I guess not anyone. <laughs> not everybody. I kind of thought the se- the whole show was going to end with him kind of being like, I'm not going to tell the truth about it. The fact that yeah. he, he ended up telling the truth, I kind of thought, well, maybe that the, saves it a bit. Then there's the fact that Fonzie only wanted to go on a date with her so he could fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> well put. Yeah. He shows up at the end on a motorcycle and he's like, you telling me that she only kisses? <laughs> and he's like, I didn't, I didn't. What does he say? Like, I didn't polish my motorcycle for kisses. For kisses, yeah. And she's like, "Oh my god, let's go for a ride." He's oh my so god, he's so annoyed. So he's so annoyed that he's not gonna get laid. And he's like, "Yeah, it's gonna be fun for you, maybe." There's another intensely problematic line that has nothing to do with extreme misogyny. It's uh, I'm not really even sure how they arrived at this line, oh. but Richie says it to Potsy. It has more to do with racism. Yeah. Okay. Do you suppose one day an Eskimo could be president? <laughs> Yeah, sure. And at the World Series, he could throw out the first snowball. Yes. Wow. What? Wow. I know. We we also watched that part and we were like, oh, okay. Some casual racism at the, the whole, end. The whole, st- the whole thing where he's like babysitting with Mary Lou and he's he's reading to her for some reason. Yeah. Is more cringy hey, than the dinner party episode of The Office. His buddy Potsy told him that like reading would be like fun. Didn't I didn't laugh at any part of the show for no, the right reasons. No. And did you see who wrote it at the end? Gary Marshall? No. The person who wrote the script for this episode, Rob Reiner. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. He wrote the pilot episode did, of Happy Days? Did he Day? write, like, The Princess Bride? 
No, William Goldman wrote The Princess right, Bride. Okay, sure. S. Morgenstern's classic yeah. tale of. <laughs> but he, he directed The Princess Bride and This Is Spinal Tap and When Harry Met Sally right. and basically everything in the 80s that's good right. was either Rob Reiner or John Hughes. And mm-hmm. he, yeah, and he was in All in the Family in the 70s. Right. He was like, yes. a, he was like a, an important uh, comedic person. I'm really surprised Gary Marshall didn't write the pilot episode of Happy Days, though. It might have been like the script was written by Rob Reiner. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. He put it to paper. Yeah. Like, yeah. Overall, Gary Marshall, I think, came up with the... It was created by Gary Marshall. Yeah. But I think he was one of the main writing hands on the show. Uh, they didn't really introduce us to the family a whole lot. Interestingly, no. like, the only two people who are dead are Tom Bosley, who plays Howard Cunningham. He was very old. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Moran, who died last year, who plays, like, little Joni. Right. And what, also, what is up with... At, in the introductions, it always, like, just says, like, Ron Howard, this person, this person. And it's like, and Colin Sweets as Howard Cunningham. That was the thing that used to happen on sitcoms a little bit. Like, they always said the character, like, who they were playing at the end. Like, was it, was it were they the most famous person? I think it was like, a stylistic thing, but usually it's the most famous person. So yeah, it's, either, it. it's either that or it's introducing someone as this person. Right. But it's usually, like, a supporting character. I loved when it was introducing uh, an animal. Like, introducing <laughs> Barky McBarkface. As Max. As, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as Rover. I, I noticed that Fonzie wasn't even in the opening credits. No. He wasn't supposed to be in the show. I think he's one of those... Uh, he's the definition of a guy who, like, whose character... He grew into the main character of yeah. the show. Yeah. The network really loved him. I think, like, the the ratings... Like, the, the public was like, we want more Fonzie. Yeah. Give us Fonzie. And then he started having a catchphrase. He didn't even speak for the first... 21 minutes of the show the first thing he said was you played with her chest yeah. <laughs> and then gives a thumbs up yeah like gives a single thumbs up oh he did a couple of like cliche fonzie things in the pilot like looking in the mirror yeah. to fix his hair and then not needing to fix his hair and then looking at it but just kind of like spreading his hands apart like yeah like shrugging like I yeah. got it made, and then walking out. And also unclipping the bra that Potsy put on the radiator. I really thought he was, I knew he was going to do that, but I thought he was just going to look at the bra and go, open sesame, and it was going to open. Yeah, I thought he was going to snap his fingers, and it was going <laughs> to come undone. Wasn't that supposed I to be I guess thing? he gets magical powers later on. <laughs> okay, he also jumps a shark. So, yeah, that's true. That's where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually think, like, Happy Days was on for 11 years, yeah. but it was only good for, like, the first four years. Right. And that that was a big run for a sitcom back then. I mean, it's a big run for a sitcom now. That and... I mean, and they probably did, like, 30 episodes a year. Absolutely. That <laughs> and Mary Tyler Moore was on for that long, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a classic, and we can't get into all of the politics and the, the lore surrounding all the good that came from Happy Days. Right. But this pilot episode is not a great springboard. No. Could you notice that, like, uh, uh, Richie or um, Ron Howard, as, like, a 13-year-old, was going bald? He went bald really young. When he came out of the shower, he could be like, that guy's going bald. Yeah, and he famously always wore ball hats, too. Yeah. It's funny you called him Archie a second ago, because, like, I'm not not sure if this was intentional. It probably was, but, like, Richie Cunningham is just Archie. (laughs) He is. He's just Archie. Like, he's, like, this all-American boy in the 50s who's, like, aw shucks and kind of clumsy. And not great with the ladies, but he's lovable. And maybe Potsy's Jughead. And he has red hair. Yeah, exactly. Mm. One time my dad ran into Anson Williams and Donnie Most, who play Potsy and Ralph Mouth, in an airport. They were like traveling together. Were they going to like conventions or something? I guess, yeah. And my dad went over and got their autographs. No way. Yeah. Were they cool? Yeah, totally cool. Like they're nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, at that point, what do you have to be? Like, if not cool, like, you know, your heyday is done. Yeah. Have they been acting recently? I don't know if they're like making bank and they were never the stars of happy days, yeah. you know, but like, that's their, that's their responsibility in life to just to be cool with all the, all the happy days references. Nice. <laughs> you're grimacing. <laughs> I'm grimacing. <laughs> you're very, like, very cringily. You're, you're grimacing and nodding as if to say, yeah, that I is I feel nice, weird about but... giving this pilot my ass because like, obviously happy days is, is storied. Suppose, yeah. Would I recommend going back and binge watching it to anyone? I, that's going to be my measure of success on this one. No, I wouldn't. No, but if it's Times like, have changed. if it's on on like TBS or something, and it's some other episode, just like stay and watch for a commercial break. You might be amused. Would you, would you watch it? Yeah, I think there's other episodes that I've seen that I've gotten more humor out of. Okay, maybe it just took a while to get off the ground a bit. 
all right, well, I give it like a tentative S, but it's also like it's not a brand new show, so it's not like urgent that you go out and watch yeah, it. <laughs> you got to check this out. It's <laughs> the newest, hottest show on TV. Two truths and a lie about Will Smith? Yes. Okay, so one of them is a lie. Yeah. All right. Will Smith has uh, an internal hatred for airline uh, stewardesses. He hates them. Okay. Will Smith believes in his heart that he is the uh, second coming of Stevie Wonder, even though Stevie Wonder's still alive. Okay, interesting. So far, both interesting truths. And Will Smith, as a boy, dreamed of being a cafeteria lady when he was growing up. Oh, wow. Okay, there's, okay. Like, none of these sound like they could be true. I'm gonna say, like, oh, the cafeteria lady one has to be a lie. No, that one is true. Okay. Uh, all right, well, he can't, couldn't have thought he was the second coming of Stevie Wonder, the still, still with us Stevie Wonder. No, that one is true. That one's true. Okay, so that leaves... What, what was the first one? That he hates airline uh, employees. Oh. Okay, so so that's the lie? Nope, that one's true. Uh, trick question. They're oh all true. Never trust Will Smith. Never! <laughs> oh, what a stupid way to end this.